Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Great to see you today. Welcome, welcome. You made it. You're here. It's 11 o'clock. Hey, I'm glad that we're able to be together today. And if you're new with us, my name's John. I'm lead pastor here. I want to say welcome. So glad you're here. And a few of you, I feel like you've come back. And I want to say welcome back. It's good to, good to have you. This is the third week of a series called Frames. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to open up to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. So you can kind of make your way over to John right now. So we had a, um, we had a, a board member of our church, actually two board members of our church that finish their time of serving on our board. It's a pretty big deal being a part of a, a board, uh, you know, volunteering in that capacity. It's a lot of hours of, of making sure to superintend that things are happening right and going the way they should. And uh, one, one sister in particular, Sharon, she had been serving for seven years. And we wanted to get her a gift that would express gratitude. And so we were thinking together, a group of us were thinking, what could we get her? Well, maybe we could get a plaque, you know, and... and uh, have it etched with her name and, you know, thank you for your years of service. Or ah, maybe we could get her a bouquet of flowers. Uh, ah, how about some chocolates or some Harry and David's or whatever? And just nothing seemed to fit. Um, but but one, one person in our group came up with this idea of this, this particular thing, this sculpture. It's called uh, Carry the Weight of Love. And something about that one thing that when each of us saw it, we thought, you know what? That's it. For this for this one woman in particular, we're going to get her this. And so in our first service earlier this morning at 9 o'clock, she was here, and we presented that, and I wanted to share it with you. We presented this to her because this speaks of what her heart was willing to do for seven years, to be uh, behind the scenes. Nobody really even knew, but she's coming early, staying late, doing all these uh, intense meetings, making sure things are happening the way they should so that we would be a church that's functioning strong. And then we gave that to her and uh, surprised her with it. And I said to her, I'm giving to, uh, this to you on behalf of the whole church body. So I hope you don't mind, but I was speaking for you. Uh, but this, this uh, sculpture, it speaks also of what I want to share with you today. And the title of my message is Carry the Weight of Love. Somebody say that out loud. Carry the Weight of Love. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And you can get this in a frame, right? And you can see that and, and let it make an impression on your mind and heart. But what I want us to do is uh, flip the page over to the Gospel of John right now, to John 13. And we're jumping in in a moment that a lot of us recognize uh, as the Last Supper. When you get to this part of the Gospel of John, all the things that, that were going to be done, the healings and the casting out demons and the raising the dead and the mic drop moments of life-changing wisdom, that's all happened. And you get to John 13, and, and Jesus is gathering the disciples. We call it the Last Supper. They didn't know that it was anything other than a, a Passover meal. And th this moment is one that I hope would become a frame for you. And in this series, Frames, what we're doing is we're... We're putting some frames around some pictures of the life of Jesus where he's demonstrating what it looks like to live generously. And in this series, we've been exploring, first and foremost, what it looks like to love generously. And then we talked last week about what it looks like to give generously. And today, we're talking about serving generously. So uh, this moment in John 13 unfolds like this. It says, before the Passover, this is John 13, verse 1, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew 
that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. Somebody say, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. I just... I just imagine a frame around this moment. And if you could see it that way, uh, you, you, you see what's going on. This um, amazing gathering of everybody, uh, the who's who in the kingdom of God, <laughs> John and James and Peter and everybody else, and, and Matthew and Bartholomew and, and Thomas and all of the ones. And, and then Jesus begins washing his feet. But what captures my attention is what, what, says, what it says before the foot washing. And it says that Jesus knew that all power had been given to him, that everything had been placed under his feet, and that he had all authority over everything. And, and when you read that and, you, and you, you recognize Jesus in this moment knew, he completely knew that he'd come from God and was returning to God and had this perfect self-identity in this moment and perfect awareness of all his authority and what he does next matters. And what he does next is he takes all of that power and authority and he gets down onto his knees and just starts washing feet. That's what he's doing. And I want to ask you a question. How many of you have been a Christian and at some point in your life you participated in a foot washing ceremony? A couple of us, a few of us, all right. So I remember, I remember being... Uh, eight or nine years old, living in Savannah, Georgia, and my parents sent me away to a, a YMCA summer camp. And it was my first time going away to a sleepaway camp. And uh, towards the end of the week, they did a thing. Instead of staying in the, in the bunk houses, they had us go out in tents in the fields, in the woods, and whatnot. And I had my little pup tent sent, sent, uh, set up, and I, I was trying to sleep in there in my sleeping bag, and I heard this sound of laughter and giggling kind of off in the distance. And then it got closer and closer. And then before I knew it, the zipper was getting unzipped and hands were reaching into my tent, grabbing hold of my sleeping bag, and I was dragged out of this, this tent in my sleeping bag, and all of these sixth graders and their counselor were picking me up and dragging me across the field over to some place in the woods, and then they did one of these. One, two, three, and off through the air I went and into the brushes and the thorns and the poison ivy, and, and they ran away laughing, and, and it's the middle of the night, and I have nothing, and, and I pick up my sleeping bag, and I'm like streaking through the woods in all my tidy whitey nine-year-old glory looking for my tent, like, well, how do I get home? Where am I? And uh, I, you know, I remember the next day, uh, they had the end of the camp chapel service. And even though it was a YMCA camp, they did that back then. And they did a chapel service. And lo and behold, the guy did a talk. And I didn't know anything about this. We didn't grow up you know, Christians, but talked about Jesus and this, what we're talking about today. 
And then said, okay, so now we're going to do a foot washing ceremony. And we had, uh, you know, there were lines, you know, everyone had to line up and you came to the front and, and I lined up, they had little uh, milk crates with, with uh, plastic bags in them to hold the water and, and each person was standing on a stool ready to wash the feet. And I took my turn and I got up there and the guy that was there to wash my feet, it was the counselor that had tossed me into the woods the night before. <clears throat> and so uh, he did this thing, you know, Perfectly. I mean, it was methodical. It was uh, ceremonious. He was pious. He was somber and very religious. And he had this down to his side. He'd done this a time or two. He knew how to do it. Lift, scrub, scrub, towel. Lift, scrub, scrub, towel. <laughs> and so that's what he did for me. And on I went. And there I experienced in my uh, you know, young life uh, this foot washing ceremony. But what I want to say is that what we just read in the scriptures had nothing to do with some kind of a religious ceremony. It was actually simply Jesus doing something that needed to be done. I mean, you got to put yourself in this situation. It's, it's the ancient uh, Middle East, and uh, everybody's walking around in sandals with their toes and their feet exposed to the dirt and the dust and the grime. And they're walking through unpaved, dusty trails to get where they're going, maybe some cobblestone streets with some, oh, some trash blowing around. But you get to a place, and your feet are going to be dirty. And it was just simply common practice. Like, yeah, you, you're going to try to do things right. You, you want to take care of that for people. I mean, it sounds weird to us right now. But that's exactly what was going on. And this amazing dinner is being thrown. Everyone's getting ready for the holiday, Passover. And Jesus looks around and goes, huh, nobody, oh, I got it. And he just took off his fancy clothes and got right down on the ground and started with a basin of water. I mean, down on his knees, like between toes, pulling out the dust and the grime on foot after foot of the, of the people of God, of of the community of the church that was gathering right there. And, and that, that makes an impression on me, but, but what also makes an impression on me is the motivation for why he did it. He, he didn't do it to, to make them feel bad or to have somebody feel guilty or something. He did it uh, because he wanted them to know he loved them. That's where we start. Actually, in verse 1, we read it, but let's just review it together. In John 13, 1, it said that, he, loved, he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. So, so we already have from the opening line a definition of what's motivating Jesus. He wants people to know that he loves them. And how did he do it? He conveyed that love by serving them. And, and I want to share in this message four principles for how you can, how you can serve generously. And, and it starts here by recognizing that I convey love by serving like Jesus. I, and I convey love like Jesus by serving. Why don't you just say that out loud with me? Ready? Go. I convey love like Jesus by serving. One more time. Say it. I convey love like Jesus by serving. I want us to get that in our hearts together because what I know is that I'm looking at a room full and for some of us who are joining online, a group of people who are followers of Jesus. Anybody here a follower of Jesus? Raise your hand. Like I would expect there would be a lot of us. We're followers of Jesus. Well, then what we need to do is sometimes we need to allow a frame around a moment in Jesus' life to catch our attention and for us to look at that and go, I see. I see Jesus. And I see what I am called to. 
And so he's washing these people's feet. He's conveying love to each one. I got I to jump back into the scripture. John 13 continues in verse 6. It says, when Jesus had come to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing. Someday you will. No, Peter protested. You'll never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands, my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. And that is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Peter, in this moment, is a little bit like some of us. And I won't speak for all of you, but I know that he's at least a little bit like me. Like, first and foremost, just the way he has this reaction to Jesus that's kind of off the wall, you know? It was not a polite reaction. It was almost a little bit obnoxious, would you agree? He's, he's like, well, if you're going to wash me, then you just got to wash everything, not just my feet. It, it was, it was kind of crazy that he would talk to Jesus that way. But you know what? I'm personally kind of grateful that, uh, that somebody like Peter that has sometimes some reactions that aren't necessarily all that perfect is welcomed into God's family, able to be one of his servants. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But what else I see Peter doing in this moment is, is, here's Jesus wanting to do something for him. And then Peter's response is to say, no, no, I, I have something in mind for how I want this spiritual experience to go. I would like to determine the outcome of what happens next. I'd like to be the one to be in control of this. And I just wonder if maybe some of us are a little bit like Peter in that regard, too, where God may want to do something in our lives and in our experience of him, but something in us says, uh, uh, yeah, actually, I'll take care of it. I have a plan for how I want this spiritual, religious experience to go. I have a, I have a plan in mind already. I'd like to determine how it goes and the outcome of it. Thanks, God. Is that right? <laughs> And Peter in this moment, I think he looks like me in some moments and you in some moments. And, and, and what I still see is, is Jesus saying, nevertheless, this needs to happen first before what's going to happen next in your life, Peter. And Peter is going to lead the church. He's going to serve the entire body of Christ. But first, he needs to sit and receive from Jesus. And I think that the same is true for every one of us. We do want to talk about serving generously and, and serving in the body of Christ, but I want to invite you first to be people who would allow yourself to, to sit and receive what Jesus wants to do for you. Receive, even right now, sit and receive from Jesus his comfort for the places where you're just hurting Sit and receive his healing for the ways in which you're broken right now. Sit and receive his hope for the places that are looking kind of bleak and on your own. You would just not know how, but receive from him that sense of possibility because he's there. Sit and receive from him the wholeness that he, he 
is uniquely able to work in your life despite what you've been through. Sit in this moment, even right now, and receive from him the calm that you need in the midst of a bunch of chaos taking place because of this, that, and something else. Sit and receive from him right now revelation about what's happening behind the scenes. Sit and receive from him right now a word that would give definition to what comes next in your life. Sit and receive from him even right now the touch from heaven that could open the door to something that lies ahead in your destiny you haven't even seen yet. Sit and receive from him because you need to. And maybe most important of all, for somebody, hear me on this. Sit and receive from him the mercy, the mercy that he's willing to give to cleanse you from the sin that you've stepped in and made a mess with. Somebody, you need to hear me on that today. Today, Jesus is going to say to you something like what he said to Peter. He said to Peter in in John 13, verse 8, he said, Peter, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. One more time, John 13, 8, Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. And I think Jesus wants to do some washing today, some cleansing. You didn't come here to be condemned You came here to hear about Jesus who's willing to and always willing to speak the word of his grace and mercy over any person that would allow him to do what he does, which is to cleanse us of unrighteousness and sin. And he's willing to do it. He's willing to do it. And he says these words, unless I cleanse you, you don't belong to me. And so for for every one of us, there is a need that we have to be cleansed, to be cleansed of our sin so that we're not still trying to clean it ourselves but instead to be cleansed by him, to let Jesus wash the guilt off of you, wash the shame off of you, wash that shadow off of you that the devil's tried to afflict you with. This is what he wants to do for you today. For somebody, today's the day where Jesus is like, would you let me? Would you let me just wash that stuff off of your life? I can do it. And the invitation is open. Today is not a day for condemnation, but for invitation into an experience of the gospel, the cleansing work of Jesus. And I'm grateful that this is what I see in the frame. Jesus is willing. And I want to step into this and recognize that it's love that motivates. I convey love like Jesus by serving, and I'm cleansed by Jesus so I can serve. That's the second point I want to make today. I'm cleansed by Jesus so I can serve. Say it with me. I'm cleansed by Jesus so I can serve. One more time, say it. I'm cleansed by Jesus so I can serve. Sometimes what happens is we get in, in these moments where we say, you know, well, I, I, will, I will go to a church service, but I need to stay in the back and I need to get out of there as quick as I can because, you know, me being there, lightning might strike and burn the place down. <laughs> you know, we say silly things like that. I hear them anyway. But what's behind that is a heart that's saying, you know what, I'm kind of disqualified. I mean, I like all this God stuff and the songs, and the, and the, but, but I'm disqualified. I haven't been living my life uh, quite right, and so I can't possibly serve him. I want to tell you that every single day of your life, you can ask Jesus, would you forgive my sin? And the scripture says he's righteous and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and wash us. And as he cleanses us, he qualifies us to serve in his kingdom. And so I want somebody to embrace this today and stop disqualifying yourself because you're not embracing the cleansing work of Jesus when all along he's willing to do it and say, I'm cleansed by Jesus so I can serve. 
unless you're rejecting his cleansing, which I hope you're not, because you'd be rejecting the cross where he shed his blood so that you could be totally forgiven. But if you would embrace what he's done on the cross, if you would embrace all that he's willing to pour out in your life, you will be cleansed. And even when you mess up again and you cry out again, he will faithfully again pour out his cleansing flood on your life. That's how good his grace is. Embrace it. Let him cleanse you. Don't be like Peter who's like, no, 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 no. Be, be like John who's like, I got to write about this. This is so good. <laughs> you know? And let his cleansing work in your life. Let him do what he alone can do. You've been saved to serve. You know what I also thank God for is that in this moment, Jesus wants to wash all of the disciples' feet, and he does so one by one, but then he makes that statement. He says, all of you disciples, you are already clean, and he still washes their feet, and it's this recognition, right, that that yes, they're already clean, but, but they've been walking through some stuff. And, and that's just a daily thing that happens, and we got to deal with that, even though you are already clean. Can you receive the revelation in this? That there's a way in which, because you've given your life to Jesus and asked him to forgive your sins and save your life, you are saved, period. And yet, you do some walking in this life. And you sometimes step in it. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's saying, right, and I'm, I'm willing to help you with that. Every single time, I'm going to come alongside, I'll get right down into, the, into it, and I, and I will cleanse you. I think today's a great day to say, then, Jesus, <laughs> go ahead, because I need you to, and, and receive what he's willing to do. Let me jump back into the scriptures. John 13, verse 12 says, after washing their feet, after washing their feet, he put on his robe. Again, and he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I just love my Jesus, man. I love my Jesus. This is my Jesus. Like, if you take a look at this frame and, and Jesus, like king of everything, it's just willing to go, yeah, yeah, right, king of everything, sure. I still got to walk. I got to deal with some dirty toes, though. That's my Jesus. And it's important for all of us to catch a glimpse of this, that the way of the kingdom of God is upside down sometimes, that, that on one hand, you could think, well, all authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth, and he knows that he's from God and that he's returning to God, and he, he has this perfect sense of all the power that's in him. You might think that what comes next is, and so he dominated the earth, you know, or something. But what we saw is Jesus going, yep, I'll, I do know who I really am. I do know how much strength and power I actually have. And therefore, let me get right down into it. You know what this is a picture of? I think this is a picture of what, what actually needs to happen in some of our marriages. That Jesus needs to show up through you in how you're dealing with him or her. That Jesus needs to show up in and through you as you're dealing with those people that, that work for you in your business that you're the boss of. 
That, that Jesus, the one that's willing to say, yeah, I know, I have, the, I have the big boss title. Nevertheless, I just want to roll up my sleeves and get into the mix and be a part of it with you and, and not try to make myself more. This is who you and I get to live out a reflection of. And I'm praying that he, that he moves in some of us to recognize how valuable it is to be this kind of follower of Jesus. I asked you to raise your hand before I said, are you a follower of Jesus? And many of us said, yeah. Well, I gave you a picture in a frame today of your Jesus. And you saw what he was doing. And it's a little bit like uh, something that you've got to, you know, sometimes you get some instructions for how to put something together. And you need to read all the fine print to figure it out. This one, all you got to do is look at the picture in the frame. <laughs> And you might know exactly what you need to begin to do, to find a way to replicate what you've seen in Jesus. Have, I, I have given you an example to follow, he said. Do as I have done to you. Do as I have done to you. Jesus was in that moment washing the feet of the disciples, the, the, the other believers. It's a very particular kind of a setting. We might think of that as church, because that's what it was. I have a memory. Uh, in my earliest weeks of being a pastor of our church, we weren't in this place. We had a storefront uh, in a strip mall down the street where the mill is. But in those days, like, I, I was uh, kind of nervous about preaching all the time because I hadn't done it very much. And I would come early, like 4 in the morning, uh, to, to work on it. Like, how am I going to say this? And, you know, practice and rewrite things. And I'm sitting there in this office. In the, it's right, it was right in the front of that place, working on it, kind of underlining some things, highlighting some things, trying to get it in my head. And, and then it's like 5 in the morning. Just the sun had just started to come out or whatever, the first light. And all of a sudden, out in, in the parking lot, I hear this crazy noise. Went, like that. It was terrible. Sorry I just did that to you, especially if you're only listening to something online. But I heard this crazy noise, and it startled me. It shocked me. I sat up, and I'm wondering what in the world is going to happen. It felt like something crazy was about to happen. And I went over to the door, and I made sure it was locked, right, because I didn't know it was. And I looked through, and I recognized it was one of the guys from the church. And so then I unlocked and I opened the doors, and it was this guy, Mike Downing. And he was out there with an industrial-sized back-mounted blower, and he was just going through the whole parking lot. And, and he saw me, and he came over, and I said, hey, hey, Mike, what are you doing? He took off his earmuffs that you know, he's protecting his ears with, and he looked at me, and then he looked at the dirty parking lot with a bunch of leaves and trash. And he said, well, pastor, the parking lot's not going to clean itself. And he put his earmuffs back on and just started going to town on this thing, blowing all the trash out of the way. And nobody ever told him he had to. Nobody even knew he did that week after week. It was just something he was like, well, phew, there's a bunch of trash. I got brothers and sisters coming to church, and, and they don't need to be walking through leaves and trash. I got a blower. I'll deal with it. He was washing feet that day. Do you know what? And that, that kind of thing, by the thousands, is what allows the body of Christ to thrive is when, when we, we say, well, you know, yeah, sure, I have, I have all of these uh, qualifications, but nevertheless, I'm just going to go ahead and do whatever it needs to get done. Like Jesus. Talk about someone who might have had the reason to say, uh, you know, uh, I have so many amazing gifts and qualifications, I should wait until the perfect opportunity to serve rolls around. <laughs> it would have been Jesus. But he just did, he just said, okay, this is the thing that is needs to happen right now. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in it. And then he followed it up by saying, okay, just to be crystal clear, what I just did is an example for you. 
Do it. Do like that. So followers of Jesus, let me ask you a question. Here's this frame with a picture in it, and it's Jesus, and he's washing feet, serving the church that way. What if there were a frame on your life? Could there be a way in which there's a frame on your life that would show you, because you're a follower of Jesus, following Jesus in something like that? If there is, yay, good job, thank you. And if there's not, hey, there's an opportunity ahead for you. Let me share uh, something to make it real easy. In case you're thinking, you know, maybe, yeah, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share this with you. We, we want in, in two weeks from now to welcome as many people as we can to church on Easter. And man, if all of us actually invited just one neighbor, there would be twice as many people as normal around here. Do you know what that means? That means like there's a lot of extra things that need to happen. And so what I'm asking is that maybe some of you would say, you know what, I hear what you're saying. I'm reading between the lines. Yes, I'm willing to serve during Christmas services, because that is what I'm asking. And if you're, if you're here going, you know what, I love what God is doing in this church. Yes, I want to be a part of that. Here's a QR code. I want you to take, uh, take an awkward moment right now. I know it's so weird when you're like holding up your phone in the middle of a couple hundred people and doing this thing, but just do it. And this is a link for you to sign up to serve on Christmas. Keep it up for a minute. Don't do it because you feel guilty. If you feel guilty, just keep your phone in your pocket. It's not about that. But if you feel like, man, I do, I I love it. And I know that there's all this special stuff that we do around Christmas and we're trying to reach our community. I want to be a part of that. I want to wash some feet. I'm not ready to sign my life away for a whole year or something, but this is like one hour. And uh, you could be a part of the team. Try it out and just see what it's like to be a part of the action. And click this and uh, follow the QR code into where you can sign up to be a part of it. And I hope you will. And and really what I'm asking you to consider doing is uh, to carry on the example of Jesus by serving his church. And that's the third point in this message today. I carry on the example of Jesus in serving his church. He said, I'm giving you this as an example. Do it. And so if you would choose to, you get to carry on his example. Carry on his example. And we keep reading. John 13, verse 14. It says, since I, Jesus is speaking, since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. God will bless you for doing them. Why don't you just say this? God will bless me. You know what I love? I love that Jesus is happy to engage us with our full range of motivations. And that he doesn't look down on a heart that would want to experience the blessings of God. In fact, he puts it out there, says, yeah, you want to be blessed? Good. This is one of the ways that can happen. You serve me like this. Care about my church that I bled and died for and show up to serve it and be a part of its team to accomplish my mission. Then I'll bless you. Who knows what his blessing is going to be like? His blessing may be the flow of peace into your heart right in the middle of a very shaky situation, but you've got this confident calm because you're being blessed by Jesus. 
Sometimes the blessing flows in the form of a, of a kind of a protection. So the assault of the enemy in the spiritual darkness doesn't even get through to you because you're serving him and his blessing is providing a covering. Sometimes the blessing comes in the form of a, of a restoring wave of his goodness and love into relationship that had gotten trashed. I don't know, but I just know that when God's promising blessing, that's something I want to step towards. And he's saying here, yeah, do, do as I've shown you to do. You'll be blessed. I was just talking to one brother after our first service who's been ushering in our church for years. And he said, I, he's like, what you're talking about today is absolutely true. Because of being a part of this team, I feel more blessed. I feel like it's my blessing to get to stand here and be a part of this team because I'm part of the action. And, and he said, it's, it's almost like when, you, when, when you give your kids, this brother said it to me, Ryan, he said, it's like when you give your kids chores in the house. Yes, you could do it all yourself, but by asking them to do it, they begin to take ownership of what things are like in the home and feel a sense of maturity and, res and, and respectability of being part of the mix. And I loved what he said, and I, I say amen to that. And I want to invite some of you to step into the action, be a part of it, see what God will do through you. John 13, uh, verse 14, I'm going to wrap this up. It says, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Last point. I can expect to be blessed as I serve Jesus. I can expect to be blessed as I serve Jesus. I, I want to invite some of you to embrace today the good news. The good news. The scriptures say in, in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And so, so in these words, I think Jesus is looking for some people who might be willing to lay down their lives <laughs> and to embrace the gospel, the good news. And the good news is that we get to be forgiven now and for all eternity, and that we get to have a home in heaven to look forward to, and that we get to experience the here and now power of God to strengthen us, to persevere and have victory in this life. I, I want that for every single one of us, and it comes through faith in Jesus. A simple moment of saying, Jesus, I believe in you. And this moment changes everything. So I'd like to pray together that God would awaken some of our hearts and, and that we, we would come to a place of saying, I see what's in the frame, Jesus, and I'm going to walk the way you walked and experience what you experienced and serve generously the way you did. And for others of us, I'm praying right now that God would do a spiritual awakening. Would you just take a moment and pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the clarity in this one moment. Jesus, you see what needs to happen? You didn't think that it was beneath you? You just jumped in and did it. And then you said, this is an example. Do like this. And so I pray, God, that you would allow uh, what's in this frame to make a deep impression on every one of our hearts and that we would decide, yep, I'm going to live that way.
How can I be a part of what God's doing in my church? And how can I, how can I wash some disciples' feet the way you're calling me to, Lord? But Father, I also pray right now that for some of us in this moment, we'd be able to be awakened to the good news, the good news, that there is a way to be forgiven and to be saved for all eternity through the grace of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for your spiritual awakening to happen in ways that go beyond what any one of us could make up. That just even right now, for some of us, you'd simply turn the switch on and let the lights kind of come on inside of some of our hearts in this moment to once and for all acknowledge, I need Jesus. I, I want to be cleansed by Jesus. I'm tired of trying to clean myself up and, and pretend that it's working when it's not. I'm tired of wondering, where do I really stand with God? I don't know. I pray, God, that right now there could be a life-changing moment, a life-changing connection with Christ that would be brought about by your presence right here and right now. So while we're praying together, if you're sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish this could apply to me, I want to tell you it can. And it's through faith in Jesus that everything changes, that you receive the gift of salvation. And if you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins and save your life, you can do that right now. And his answer for you will be, my son, my daughter, yes. I forgive you and I save you. I have done what needed to be done to save you when I paid the price on the cross. Receive my gift of eternal life. That's his answer. So Lord, I pray for that awakening for somebody in this moment. And if, if you're sitting here thinking, I want that. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save my life. I want you right now to raise your hand. Right now, just raise your hand with me really high as a way of saying, yes. I want to say yes to Jesus and ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. And you raise your hand high with me for a moment. Or you, if you're joining online, you can just type into the comments, I want to say yes to Jesus. And pray with me and say, Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I see you right here in the middle in the back. Thank you. If there's anyone else, I don't want to miss you. Just keep your hand up for a moment. And say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe in you. I believe that you paid the price for my sin when you died on the cross. And so right now, Jesus, I'm turning away from the sin and the shame and the guilt, and I'm turning to you. I repent. And I turn to you, Jesus, and I'm asking, would you forgive me and save me? I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to live with the power of heaven here and now. I want to wake up tomorrow knowing I'm right with you. Thank you that through the cross I can. I receive your gift of salvation right now with a grateful heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand up, church? As you're standing, I want you to just keep the frame in mind. We had a frame around a moment with Jesus. And he takes off his fancy clothes. He just gets right down into it, starts serving. You see it? This is your Jesus. I want you to say, that's my Jesus. <laughs> One more time, say, that's my Jesus. It's my Jesus. Right down there in the middle of the, of the dinner, just serving, washing feet. That's who he is. But you know, that's, that's not only who he is. He's that, but he's also, hmm. And I want to know, can you see him? Full range of who Jesus is. Let him capture your heart right now. I want to sing that song out again that we were singing before about who he is and what he's really like. I'll find a 